My name is Raphael Marinzor, and what brought you in today? And I can give you 13 reasons why not to see her. It's Nunu Parish, y'all. And this is Wait, Wait Don't, Don't Do, do it. it, the show we tell you to. Wait! Just grow up, honey. Or get cut off, bitch. Because we're talking about growth. Personal growth. Human growth. Career growth. The growth on your foot? The growth in your comedy? Mm. Why are we talking about growth today, honey? Uh, because I think that so many people... Uh, that's what stops a lot of people from growing and being better people. That's why divorce rates are high up because people don't grow and they settle into the same um, habitual patterns and cycles that have been um, influencers in their life. And I think that, I think for me at least, going through therapy, I've seen the benefit of analyzing myself, analyzing my my actions, my behaviors, and I do think that I've grown from that. Right. In my opinion, you know, we have one earth, one life, and I think we should uh, make this world as better a place as we can. So we have to look at ourselves and look how our actions affect others and then make a better place for us. You say that you don't like to um, affect anyone negatively. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. What, what, what makes you bring that up? Because you just said, you just said that. <laughs> so that's the way that you live your life. But I, for, for my personal growth, I think mine is, um, I don't care how I affect anybody unless I, <laughs> like, as long as they affect me positively, I'm going to affect them positively. But if you affect me negatively, I'm going to affect you negatively, period. Um, and I don't think that's something that I need to change about myself, at least yet. However, I do think my personal growth has come from... Um, tapping into a little bit of vulnerability and tapping a little bit into my fear, um, being a little bit more self-aware of myself. And there you go. The yeah. three steps to grow. You think those are the three steps? Awareness, fear, and vulnerability. Oh, look at me. Okay, girl. Um, Let's get into it. So awareness. So this involves metacognition, thinking about thinking. You gotta be aware on all levels, honey. Mental, physical. I'm talking about knowing how you breathe, why you breathe the way you do, when you're stressed, where you feel in your body, all those gigs, girl. I didn't know that breathing was so, had so much to do with self-awareness, but I guess it does because I've started practicing breathing from my Shine app. Uh, y'all better dial on Shine app. Um, it definitely from there's breathing meditations that I can do, and I notice that I do need to take a good big inhale before I. I take it take something to the next level or, or encounter uh, conflict because I, I got a biting tone. For me personally, I struggle with anxiety. I have a, a diagnosis and I medicate accordingly. <laughs> um, however, for me, breathing is essential because I have to calm myself down a lot because I can freak out easily. Um, and I feel it a lot in my chest. So I have mm-hmm. to like literally sit, you know, my back straight in a chair and just close my eyes and do my breathing so I can focus again. I do a lot of guided meditation because there's a lot of thoughts in my head. Yeah. So you say that awareness has to do with breath, but I, my version of awareness has always been my awareness around people. How am I being perceived? How am I, how are my actions kind of like, I don't really, like I said, I do care how uh, my actions, uh, like I said, affect other people, but ultimately I care because I don't want my perception to be off. Does that make sense? So I think that's always made me more self-aware than other people. I think there's some people that are so unaware of their behaviors and um, actions uh, because of the way they've been protected. And we talked about that in the conflict episode, how we think we believe. And um, Amanda Seals talked about it in her podcast that white women are very protected um, from conflict. Therefore, they lack a certain self-awareness. White people in general, when it comes to race and um, intersectionalism, intersectionalism um, kind of lead them to have a stun in their growth and, uh, and perception on the world. Because, again, if you only uh, hold yourself to a rigid... Uh, population or uh, friend groups, then you're stunting your growth that way because we're uh, we're ultimately a community of 
of people, period. And I think that's the way that I've seen a lot of people stunt their growth is by not challenging themselves, by being around different people, different cultures, stuff like that. Right. And we are fortunate, I guess is the term, to be queer people of color. So we've had to do the work in terms of self-awareness and be aware of who we are and how we're perceived in our society. Um, And honestly, it does kind of force us to be in different kind of groups of people because usually our own family or, Mm -hmm. you know, base groups don't uh, accept us right out. So we do have to understand um, and interact with diverse groups of people more naturally than certain protected groups. You're right. Do you think... Because so we talked about awareness and that awareness of your breath being more aware will automatically make you feel more calm and kind of push away those anxieties. Um, again, feed your brain with more oxygen for it to think and process things. Um, that's a great point because that's a point that's being brought up in Shine app a lot for me is work on your breathing to calm yourself down and not build these storylines in your head. Now, you say fear and... What else do you say? Fear and... Vulnerability. Vulnerability. So I think fear would come next because I think that my inner saboteur kind of tries its best. And I, and I, a person, my, part of my personal growth has been to finally distinguish what voice is t- telling me this in my head. Is it the voice they want to build me up and kind of protect me in a positive way? Kind of tells me to like get out of my comfort zone. Um, maybe you should try this. Um, but it's always counteracted with another voice that's like, bitch, don't do that. As, uh, they're going to think this A, A, B, and C of you. I uh, don't trust this person. Da, 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 da. Um, and I think that distinguishing between those two voices are, is a big thing. And that because one is only operating based off fear and doesn't have your best interest in heart, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I definitely think fear is the next step because, you know, mentally to be aware of your thinking and what you are stressing about, what are you being fearful of, and how is that. Um, preventing you from maybe reaching your goals, maybe uh, preventing you from interacting with diverse groups of people, or just um, interacting uh, with the general society to uh, create a positive change. But fear is definitely the root of kind of all things. Like for me, I like control issues, and that just stems from fear, from my personal fears that yeah. I just lose. Do you think that's stunning your growth in any way? I definitely think um, early on before I addressed it, it did because it didn't. It, it that fear kept me from uh, doing things that I wanted to do, like acting or being more performances when I was younger. Yeah. Um, it stopped me from making more friends because I just thought I was gonna get rejected or something. Yeah. Um, and it stopped me just from accepting who I am, like what I look like, what I do, what's good about myself. So I definitely think that fear uh, stops a lot of us from doing what we want, but be- we gotta tell it. Go away. Because I think people will, are, and I, and Brene Brown said this in her Netflix special, um, people are way more comfortable with uh, not experiencing something they've never had than to experience heartbreak. And some people would definitely push away love because they are fear of that heartbreak. And the biggest part of that is your fear is the thing that's stopping you from exploring yourself. I'm still big, I still do see how my fear controls my um uh, conversations and in relationships with people. However, um, something that I think is a different kind of fear as well is something we've experienced coming from a small town and or small area in North Carolina um, is we notice that each demographic in this country has a certain perspective. Uh, like, like for sure, like Latino gays in Texas are way different than Latino gays in California and North Carolina. Right. And and they share different kind of one. Definitely, some populations are more ethnocentric and more. I get that. Therefore, more 
uh, more comfortable with being a presence in a room, but then others, you notice, take a back seat, um, especially if they've been in more predominantly white spaces. And I think that's something that stops people. That's why I always think that you have to keep moving around and exploring new places because you have they're st- you're stunting your growth there by just being afraid that you can't make it anywhere else. I notice a lot of people that I've been friends with have kind of not, outgrown, not in a negative way, but outgrown it because we just don't have similar lifestyles anymore and they don't... I feel they haven't they, they haven't been able to shake off that fear that right they don't see the value um, that that place of uh, being discomfort yeah because outside I do, of their um, I do think certain hometown. areas like um, the Midwest and the South really harbor these heteronormative life uh, experiences white experiences those are the uh, pro- those are the primary focuses for spaces businesses and everything and so therefore if you don't take yourself out of the equation, take yourself into more ethnocentric spaces that are predominantly in the cities, then you're stunting your growth uh, ethnocentric, ethnicity-wise and self-love-wise. So I do, especially I'm talking to people of color, of course, is try to explore places. Um, don't be afraid of the bigger picture. Don't be afraid of a bigger city. Um, don't 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 let fear control you by any ways, because I think that's what ultimately was going to keep me in North Carolina. Uh, yeah, great point there, Rafi. Um, I think oh. I want to take it back to kind of that fear of uh, love, that relationship fear, because a lot of us, no matter where you are right in the world, we fear that uh, we're never going to find love or that, you know, that person we're with or that we're pining for, um, maybe that's the best we can get. We don't think we can do better. We're, yeah. we're scared really about potential and of greatness. Yeah. And, and um, I definitely really love us relate, right? Yeah. We definitely have been in toxic relationships or dealt with a lot of people in our lives just um, because we don't think we can get anything better or that they somehow will make things in your life easier. But you control that narrative. You have the power. and You uh, make... Uh, your life, which you want it to be. So when did you experience? Rock. Did you experience that? I, I I did. When I experienced it. Oh my god! Interview finally. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> let's see how let's see how let's see how deep she goes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that's the question. That's all I can do. <laughs> um, great question there, Raffy. Um, I think that for me in college, um. A lot of those fears and relationships kind of manifested because I kind of just come out. So, you know, you're in that space where you're like, ah, who am I? What am I doing? And then when you find uh, one person, one other gay person just like you, uh, that you like, because, you know, in North Carolina is small. So you got to. Yeah, yes. hook into them because that's, yes. that's, that really is a, I, that's I, a reality. I had that feeling way more that fear of being again, the fear of being alone is still like lingering, but it's not overwhelming where I feel ashamed of being single. I don't mind being single at all right now. I think it's that you made a great point there, North Carolina. And going back to what I was talking about is I my my fears of being alone were so magnified because again, no one around me kind of related right. to me. Right, everyone's either hiding or just yeah. not at many of you. So the reality is, this is. It's not slim pickings, but it is yeah. it is small, right? But now you see how big the world is, and I don't. And you're like, there's so many of these girls around the world, so it's whatever. But then you know when you're young and dumb, and you're like, oh my god, this is it. This is all I can do. And I was so scared of giving that up because it was validating. Mm-hmm. It was made me feel like I was wanted. It made me feel like I had some kind of purpose or something. I don't know. It was so weird. Um, I just didn't, and I was so scared to leave North Carolina. I was so scared to be outside of my comfort zone or, you know, really be out there and try to find someone else even because what would that mean for myself? 
Um, I uh, that that's a that is for sure realistic, and I don't know if you fully answered my question, but I I can speak for myself, <laughs> and I know that moving up to DC, experiencing heartbreak, uh, and finally experiencing that rawness, that emotional vulnerability and rawness, really got me to the point where I am today. I don't think I'd be the same person if I didn't have that heartbreak. Um, Absolutely. I, I definitely agree. And as we segue to vulnerability, I think that's kind of where it goes. Like, you have to be willing to feel that discomfort, feel that hurt in order to really grow, right? Um, do you ever put judgment on your vulnerability? I think we all do at some point. I think our society is conditions us all to think of, you know, crying and emotions and, you know, feelings as weak, right? Yeah. I'm um, seeing it as bad. Um, but you shape, but I don't think that you, I think you do do have a negative uh, perspective of uh, some emotions and some feelings because I think every emotion is valid, even if it's anger, aggression. I think anything is valid because when I see someone being angry, I don't see someone being angry or mad. I see someone being hurt. That is what we have to start, like, putting the x-ray or, like, the, the layers off of anger. Is Anger is never anger. Anger is never... It, it's always coming from a place. And no, that's right. what that's the problem with the human thinking. The core emotion of anger is really disappointment. Thing. Disappointment, yes. Right, right. Yeah. So um, that is where I want to also talk about because I think... We can't keep putting judgment on on experiences and and um, and emotions because if someone reacts some so a certain way, that doesn't make them wrong. If someone, um, um, that's something I will say is like again, I wanted to talk about anger and those kind of things with vulnerability too because I think anger is vulnerability. I think you don't think it is. I don't. I don't know. I, it is one of those emotions I'm definitely like uncomfortable with for sure. It's just because I don't specifically experience it in such intense frequencies as some other people do. So I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I. I, I just find it a waste of energy. I, I, but it is natural, and I think it's valid. Like I definitely agree that all emotions are valid, and I agree that everyone has different ways to express themselves. Some people are prone to more sadness, like I am, or fear, yeah. uh, versus anger. Or, you know, to me, I think something that, and this could be vulnerable, I think, of me to talk about. But oh, I job. think, huh, I think that uh, something that I've had to dig deep, and I was talking about my inner saboteur is. Cutting people out because I'm a person that I will. I have I've, something my therapist has talked about is that I have a certain amount of people that I give all my love to. I have a lot of love to give y'all, and I am a very lovable person. I just want to be loved, but I give so much love to people like Nunu, uh, my Where? friend, uh, my love for Dallas, my love for Evan. <laughs> I think that. And like my love for my family members, I show that unconditionally, and I do really harbor those that love. However, I'm the kind of person that, as much love as I give, I am very prone to emotions. I do. I'm not. I have no problem showing aggression. I have no problem. I get uh, and showing anger. But again, when I, I've recently had to cut off people in my life that don't bring out those feelings of happy and joy and I was I felt guilty I felt guilty when I cut off people in my life that were toxic because I was like oh my god I'm I'm doing exactly what I'm I I'm 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 kind of like fulfilling my own like sad destiny of like being alone because I'm cutting people out that are trying to love me because I don't I, I I feel like I'm unlovable and when reality I cut people out only when I truly fully see that they're not um taking my life to a different level and I have no I'm I have no problem ending it in any sort of way. I'm a, I'm a bridge burner. Are you a bridge burner? 
a bridge burner. I oh, try not I to. Could, I do I close the door. It. I do close the door. I do. Once we're done, we're done. I agree. I close the door, but I don't think I burn a bridge. I, I think I'm like we're we're good, <laughs> and that's just it. So you, but you're again, you're 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 closed. You're, you're, I close the door, but I don't burn the bridges. I don't really express my my. Do you pain. give second chances? That's a really oh yeah for sure. I, Do I, you? I, I, I what? Yeah, I definitely think everyone deserves a second chance, depending on who the person is in your relationship. Again, we've all been there. I've given you know a couple years of chances. So <laughs> yeah, and but do you think as we get older, we give less chances to? People. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, girl, when you get older, you get in your late twenties and you're <laughs> you like, fuck that, bitch. I'm tired. I did that. You will cut a. You don't, you don't even have time. It's just because you don't have the energy anymore. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm working. I'm tired. I think yeah. to do. Yeah. Um. Because you know, emotions and drama was really fun when you were like 21 and 22. Yeah. I was like, ooh, I'm in this like Lana Del Rey fantasy. Yeah. But now I'm like, Rafi doesn't think new news vulnerable. Why? Let's talk about it on the podcast right here. Baby, just me and you. <laughs> just me and you? Let's do it. Okay. Um, you think I have an issue being vulnerable? Yeah. I think that is a moment that we should talk about. Is why, Where does your... where? What are you... What are you scared for people to know? I think I'm scared for people to know that I don't always have it together. That I make mistakes. But, that's, but we all don't. I know, but I, I can't... Why does that make you feel so scared for people to see that about you? What does that make you feel like? It makes me feel like I'm not good enough. I think people want a hero. I think there's so much just devastation, sadness in the world. And if I can just be happy and make others happy, then that's what I want. And I know that's not human. I know, you know, I can have all these, you know, flaws and all that kind of stuff, but... I, I'd rather just spend the extra effort to make sure everything's okay. And See, that's all I needed. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like... But where does that come from? Where does it... Because I don't... I think it comes that. from all the stuff that has gone on in my life. You know, I have been in, like, five car accidents <laughs> before I got my permit. I have had a parent that's become disabled. I've had to be gay in the South mm. <laughs> and all these things of not having control make you want the world to be pleasant. Kind of that Ben de la Creme, terminally delightful kind of, you know, you want things to be better. How much have you distanced yourself from things that make you feel uncomfortable, do you think? Uh, I definitely think I compartmentalize and I pushed a lot of feelings away. What is compartmentalizing? That's a word that I hear frequently, but this doesn't have a definition in my head. Um, it's really just when a person uh, puts away certain experiences, emotions, and puts it away in like a box of sorts and doesn't let it around other emotions out of usually a necessity, right? Because they don't need to feel, they don't need to conflate, you know, their logic. They kind of just push it away. And I definitely do that so that I can maintain uh, some semblance of peace, happiness, love, and because I am that person for a lot of people. I'm a person that people come to for support, advice, they lean on. I usually have it together. But I feel that in my life too sometimes, but also, like I said, I have you, and I hope you feel like you have me in that, but you don't let your guard down like that. I feel like I let my guard down with you way more than you do with me. Right, and I get that note a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's true. It's, it's hard to be vulnerable if you don't know if the person can do something for you. I think that's where it comes from, too. I think 
I I base my judgment off of what I see, and I'm like, okay, I can't be vulnerable maybe in front of this counselor or this person who I perceive has it all together. Um, but I maybe not do that with uh, my close friends or stuff because I'm like, okay, well, you guys have all this stuff going on. I'm not going to unload on you. I think that's kind of where it comes from for me. I don't want to add any more to anyone else's plate. That's unfair to you, though. It is unfair to myself, but I rather sacrifice myself than put anything else. How do you compartmentalize what happened with your family member? It's just something that when you move away, you move out of the same town, you don't talk about. Period. Period. You don't really have to. Because that's something that I've never forgotten about you is the moment where you told me, like, whenever whatever happens with your family member, um, you'll you'll deal with it then. And you'll. Yeah. And that's something I have to work through. And a lot of uh, people that go through this have to work through and in therapy and other things. I mean, I would like to get to a point where. I am open about my emotions towards it and am okay with it and expressing it, but sometimes letting out emotion. What I learned in my program is that we all have coping mechanisms, whether they're healthy or unhealthy. We all have coping mechanisms, and you really don't want to remove a coping mechanism unless you're going to replace it with something. Does that make sense? Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) I never thought of it that way. So sometimes you don't need to... If you remove something, you don't have a replacement for it, then where are you going? It's spilling out. So what's your coping mechanism with your family member and with those? I think, think just like not dealing, not, to, not talking about so it. So that is a coping like, mechanism. That's actually a coping mechanism. Right. Avoidance is a coping mechanism. If you don't have, if you don't talk about it, then it's not, you're real, right? <laughs> I mean, My brain does not think like that at all. <laughs> what I feel, I feel. And some of us, again, have different ranges of emotion and can do that. <laughs> that's, where, that's where it all is. Okay. Yeah. Psychology lessons. <laughs> I never knew that. From an, not an I never knew. So how would you suggest if someone, like I said, because I do think that avoidance is not a good coping mechanism. <laughs> how would you, what would you think that, to replace it? Because I think you know the answer, but I feel like some, I've known every answer. When I, in my head, I've had this internal dialogue with people that, with, as far as me, what I, my, my thing is toxic relationships. I've always known that this, per, I've always had a sensation that these people that I've cut off have, were going to be cut off because of things I've asked myself regarding, like, I pictured like one moment with my with a past friend of mine that was just like I I really hope this person's in my life because I really enjoy them right now but it's really it's a lot of work to be their friend. I really want this to work out but I don't see it working out. And I that's a thought and now I'm going to start like leaning more into that because it's like I just I'm tired of like wasting time and like I said, I have those trigger points that I'm starting to catch on and I'm going to start hopefully applying because I again, avoidance for me, was like avoiding the issue over and over again, leading to all this unnecessary stress and energy. So, how would you um, go about that? Because how would I ideally cope? Lean I, like because, you, like I said, lean into what what does no. your subconscious tell you when you when you automatically? It doesn't have to be about your family member, but what does your subconscious immediately tell you to do when? Because you have all the tools. So, what does your uh, subconscious immediately tell you to do aside from avoidance? I mean, I think it's either feel or avoid, right? And Do you talk about your situation with your other family members? Mm, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want really to talk about it. 
But that comes from a culture and a family that doesn't talk about things. So that's just kind of my normal. I think ideally it would involve embracing those feelings, but I think it also means other things. I think people don't realize that, like, oh, like, if you talk about it or if you accept this, then it'll be easy. But accepting one thing means I have to accept the fact that uh, my parents are human, the fact that people die, the fact that I am going to be on my own. I have to make sure my life is together. Like, there's a lot of things you have to accept yeah. all at once, and it's hard to, to do. <laughs> it really is. Do you think these deaths or like loss? Do you think loss? Well, yeah, of course. I'm gonna, I'm answering my question. Loss is definitely necessary for human growth. I think loss definitely forces growth. <laughs> forces growth. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely think it does. I've had to grow up a lot, a lot of quick uh, early age, just because of all the things. So it, it, it makes you grow up in a in a in a way, but from a psychological development stage, you know, sometimes there's certain stages of development that you're supposed to successfully pass through, but because of trauma, other things, some things can propel you forward and then you may not, and you have to go back and figure out things. Like, I think that's something that hindered my sexual identity because I was focused on other things and not focused on who to like in high school because who cares? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because things don't matter. Just joking, my God. Well, that was really a good, dark. That was, that was, that was. So let's. So how do we wrap up this episode? We talked about uh, vulnerability, fear, and uh, what else? And awareness. Awareness, awareness so, for. So growth. We think about what are some steps of growth. We got to leave y'all with something other than my depressing backstory. <laughs> no, but I think that was very necessary <laughs> because, like I said, I want I want listeners to know that, like. I think it was, if, if, if you tell how you process things, then other, because sometimes I feel shame for how I process things. Right. And I think other people, like, I'm sure a lot of people that are in my shoes have been told, you're wrong with the way you handle this because you were aggressive or da da da. That's not the way you handle things. Like I said, fuck, politi- fuck politics. Politics has no business in the human relationships between people. And I think that we're. I want people to feel comfortable is lean into, again, those emotions that you don't naturally give yourself the opportunity to feel. Um, I used to silence my sadness a lot. I used to push away my sadness. And even now, noticing, like I said, I've lost a friend recently. And I had to cut them out. And I feel guilt from that. And I also feel, like I said, that what I talked about before, like you're pushing people out that love you because you don't know how to accept love. That's not the situation in this case. There's just a lot that, a lot of things that went into that that were toxic, again, that propelled cycles. And again, I'm not in the time and place in my life, especially with the state of this country, to deal with mediocrity and the same kind of um, mistakes over and over again. And I, but I consistently shut my sadness down. I'm like, oh, I'm not sad. It's okay that this person did this to me, or it's okay. Da, da, da. And I think um, that's the one thing I'm still struggling with is accepting that sadness because I'm quick to be like, I'm better today, but then the sadness has this underlying kind of energy in me. And so, I will say that uh, that's something that, I guess, a direction that I want to go. I'm going to leave the audience with just think about your feelings. Think about who you are, what you're doing for yourself. Is it helping you? Think about the people in your life. Are they helping you reach your goals and aspirations? Do they align with your values? Also, just thinking about where you want to go. It's a process. It's a journey. There's no right answer. Um, It's just really a desire to get better and be better for yourself and the people you love, right?
Absolutely. And this is an episode of what? Wait, don't do it. Nunu's first vulnerable episode. I cannot. Cut it out in editing. One night night in Nunu Paris, for real, for real. real. Ain't it gooey? Ain't it mushy? (laughs) Does she just want love and attention? So just be vulnerable. vulnerable. Vulnerability is a key to human growth. And don't worry if you don't feel comfortable in doing that right now. You don't have to because chances are something in your life will exteriorly push you to grow. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Wait Don't Do It Podcast. We'll see you next time. Adios. Bye.